One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lime. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up, really. All right, we got a hot podcast coming up. Hannah hits a deer. And Dusty makes a TV show. This is the We're Having a Good Time podcast. Uh, my name's Dusty Slay, and she is Hannah Hogan. Great to be back here in the new studio, Dusty. Yes, we moved uh, our, our studio from uh, the guest bedroom to the dining room. Yeah, so if you hear a little bit more echo, it's because we're in a bigger room. In a bigger room, we figure, hey, let's get it out of there. We're not using this dining room for dining. Let's use it for <laughs> podcasting. Yeah, no soirees here. Yeah, now it's the podcast room. I always say, who who uh, says what room should be what? You know what I mean? Like, Do you I, always say that? Yeah, yeah. If I want my bedroom to be the living room, I'm going to make it that way. Uh, okay, yeah, that's what I like about you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, they, they say this is a bedroom, but yeah. you know, you go look at an apartment, they go, this is a three-bedroom. And I, three? Well, what if I make a bedroom out of the living room? You can't tell me how many bedrooms is in here. Yeah, you can put a closet in a kitchen. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, this is a one-bedroom, two-office apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and our taxes are going to reflect that. Yes, yes, it will. Do you have a home office? Of course I do. Two of them. <laughs> Where do you sleep? Outside. Yeah. Who need who who has time for sleep when you have so much office work? Yeah, do? yeah, we do. We have a lot of whiteboards. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of dry erase markers, but sometimes Hannah will write on the dry erase boards with the sharpie just oh, yeah. to really uh, send her point home. Well, I I did it one time. All right, I so did it one time. All right, so we've been on the road. We're on the road again. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Telling super funny jokes to all their friends. Hen and Dusty are on the road again. Yeah! While we were on the road, we were coming back. I want to talk a little bit. Hannah was – we're going to do the Where We've Been, Where We're Going segment in a bit. But first, Hannah was in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa this weekend. I was in Peoria, Illinois. And then uh, – so when she – Cedar Rapids, she had to come right through Peoria to go home. So she thought, hey, I'll drive to Peoria after the show. We'll sleep together, and then we can leave in the morning. Great. And then when Hannah was leaving Cedar Rapids, her car wouldn't start. So she uh, – feel free to jump in whenever you want. I just – I like the way you're saying I'm it. trying to leave pauses for you, but it seems like I don't know what I'm talking about because I'm pausing. <laughs> but uh, You know what you're talking about. But, but so I leave um, – she she can't – her car doesn't start. But then eventually it does start. I don't know. It wouldn't start. Now it's starting. I don't know what happened. But I wanted to leave earlier than her the next morning. So I thought, well, her car wouldn't start last night. Let me go out, start the car. 
just to make sure it'll crank up. So I went out, I checked it, it did. I came back up, said bye to Hannah, and then I left. I was riding with Connor Larson, uh, a comic that went with me this weekend. And uh, we're driving along, having a great day. We're two hours into the ride. We're going to get home. It's six-hour drive. We're two hours into it. Plenty of time. We're feeling good. We're sailing on through. And then I wake up in the hotel in Peoria. Dusty's gone ahead on the road, and I've got my car. I wake up. It's 10 a.m., I'm just a little groggy. And I remember Dusty was really sweet, and he checked on my car earlier in the morning, so I gave him a ring. And I was like, hey, th- hey, thanks so much, babe. Like, I'm glad my car's good. And then just out of curiosity, I was like, where'd you put my keys? And and then I touched my front pocket, and there were Hannah's keys. And you said, oh, gosh. Uh, oh, no. Oh, gosh. Because in that moment, I was like, there is nothing I can do. But just turn around. Of course, I could say, Hannah, stay an extra night in the hotel. I'll overnight you the keys, right? But I've already been on the road for a week. She wants to get home. I get it. Two hours is a long way. But then again, it is only two hours. And I wasn't mad at you because I felt like it was my plan to come down and stay with you the night before. So it was sort of like we had created this problem through me deciding to rendezvous with you. Right. I mean, but it's like, yeah, we don't. Yeah, but anyways, you drive back. You I drive, drive back. two hours. You turn around, drive two hours back to me and give me my keys. Right. I give her the keys, and then we have lunch. And then we get on the road again. Now, Hannah is – she drives a little more cautiously than I do, so I'm a, I'm a bit ahead of her. I've been, I've been riding out. So I'm about 40 minutes ahead of her, and then she calls me and says – well, first of all, I've been on the road for six hours. Yeah, we, we don't, we've been on the road a long time. Yeah, so it's nighttime. It's nighttime now. It's nighttime. The sun is set. Dusty gives me a call, checks in on me. I'm doing great. I'm just cruising down the road. I hang up with him. I'm listening to podcasts. And then all of a sudden in front of me, in the center of the lane on the interstate, was a deer. A deer. It was a deer. Like, And, you know, I'm seeing it as my headlights catch it. You know, so it's maybe 300 feet away from me. And I hit the brakes instinctually because I'm going 70. I'm on the interstate and there's cars around me, but I probably hit the brakes before I even checked, honestly, if there was a car behind me. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just want the deer to move out of the way, you know, but it wouldn't. And I really didn't feel comfortable swerving off the road. Or into yes. another lane. Well, there's nothing I knew you that do. was dangerous. Yeah. I mean, so I, a, yeah. I hit the deer. She hit the deer. I and hit the deer right in the center of my car. So she pulled over. Well, I eventually pulled over because after after the impact, I was it just kept driving. My car kept driving. I was fine. I was totally fine physically. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh! So I just kept going, and then I pulled over in a like at the next exit, and. Uh, I got out and I didn't know what it was going to look like because I kept driving and my my lights were still working. So I honestly couldn't see the damage from where I was sitting, but I got out of my car 
And I was like, well, that's not good. Yeah, it hit like dead center. So the headlights still were intact. The bumper was intact. It looked great. But it was smoking. But the hood was really bent up. The grill was gone. The yeah. the radiator was, was out of sorts. And it was leaking. And... Uh, you know, and she drove off the interstate and uh, into this hotel parking lot, the closest that she could get. But the cop was surprised that it even made it that far. But it was like, what do you want? To, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? So it was pretty wild running into a deer. And yeah. uh, it turns out I totaled my car. And then the policeman recommended that we not leave a key there. Yeah. Uh, so the car got towed the next day, but they were like, we need the key to work on it. So this was in Paducah, Kentucky. So I drove two hours on Monday back to Paducah uh, to drop off the key, and they come home. And then yesterday they call us and tell us. My car's totaled. Yeah. So they tell us the car's totaled. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's kind of like I'm grieving, too, because that, that was my first car that I ever got. I got that car yeah. in Canada. And uh, actually, Dusty, you were with me when I got that car. Yeah. It's very sad. It's a very yeah. sad day. It's a good car, a Honda Civic. We were, hoping, we were hoping they might be able to repair it. Yeah, I mean, I got my, my car. now. So now we're down to one car, and my car has 315,000 miles. Yeah, we thought your car would be the first one to go, but you didn't account but, for your wife. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> she got some money for it, so it's good. We're going to be fine. So no cause for alarm. But, well, other uh, than the alarm of running into a deer, which I now live with. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's scary. It's you know, very it's scary. Weird. Hitting things in the car is scary anytime. Yeah. And that deer just flew up over my car. Like the cop asked me, he's like, where's the deer? I'm like, it's back there. And honestly, the, the funny thing was, so I went into the hotel to call the police and stuff. And then, then there was this crew of hunters that were checking into the hotel. And I heard them talking about like, oh, oh I didn't catch one back there. And we were just over there. And, and I said, and just because I knew I just hit a deer, I was like, yeah, well, I just hit a deer. Yeah, and they're like, "What?" <laughs> they're yeah. in their hunting gears and stuff. I'm like, "Yeah, it's back there." Yeah, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, "They probably wrangled it over to the road." Yeah. So these hunters are just in there trying to have a good time. They're disappointed that they didn't get any deer, and she's like, "Oh yeah, well, listen to this, buddy. <laughs> I just hit a deer with my car." Yeah, you know. And then and then I thought she was being sassy with the insurance company. She was like, oh, I guess I'll just leave my car here in Metropolis, Illinois. And I thought she was, like, <laughs> making fun of the town we were in. Like, oh, in this Metropolis, I'll just – but that was the name of the town, Metropolis, Illinois. Yeah, I was just repeating the name of the She was just on point. I thought, county. oh, it's getting sassy. No, I was being efficient. I yeah. wanted to make sure that I had clear communication with my insurance people. But the insurance, they've yeah. been great. They've been yep. very nice. So the good news is I got into an accident, totaled my car, but I'm completely fine. Yes, she is completely fine. And I had to turn around twice that day. And then actually in two days, I had to go back three times. Yeah. And uh, and the other good news is my husband's really great. And I had had a dream not too long ago. And my interpretation of that dream was that you can't go back. Right? And uh, I just maybe I interpreted it wrong. Mm. Maybe there's no interpretation to dreams. Maybe they're just dreams. Yeah. But I had a weird dream about Hyman's where I used to wait tables. I and, know. And uh, you told me about yeah, that dream. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was a crazy trip. I used to have Hyman's dreams all the time, but that was when I worked there. Yeah. Now I don't have them as well. Well, I'm alive. The deer may be alive. It may be dead. 
the cops seemed to think the deer would be fine. Yeah. I said, well, I hit it right in its yeah, and right in its pro, what, right in its yeah. belly. Right I don't know what you, I don't know what you said to him that made you think that. But I mean, my my thinking is like, no, he just wrecked my car. I hope he's dead. You know, what I, mean? I don't hope he's dead. I wish he had a got out of the way. I didn't want to hit him. Well, you don't want. And him. I'm sure after the fact, he didn't want me to hit him. Well, you don't want him to. I yeah. just, I just you don't remember, want him to get hit, but also like I don't want some like deer with a broke leg trying yeah. to survive out there. It's better if they just die, I think. Than yeah, I mean, I don't know how many people have hit deers before. A lot of them. Yeah, but I, I mean, I just remember I heard in my head, Dusty, your advice to me, I don't know, a month or so ago, you're like, if you're gonna hit a deer, just hit it. Well, that's what they always say, right? They say that your insurance covers you hitting a deer. But if you swerve to miss the deer and crash two other cars in the process, they don't cover that. Yeah. I mean, they may cover that, but then it's your fault. A deer is an accident. So if you're going to hit the deer, just hit the deer. If you can just get out of the way, get out of the way. But you're on the interstate going 70 miles an hour. That's that's tough to navigate. Mm-hmm. You know 300 what I mean? feet in front of you. Because slamming on the brakes to save the deer could have people rear-end you and you could have a multi-car. I know. I'm lucky that they weren't, there wasn't anyone yeah. close behind me. It just It's unfortunate, but you know what? It happens. Yeah. Deer get overpopulated. That actually is why a good reason for it. Well, I had hunting. seen a deer the night before yeah. on the road from Cedar Rapids yeah. to Peoria, but de- it got out of the way. And so when I saw it the next day, I was like, get out of the way, move. But it yeah. didn't move. Because deer get overpopulated. And that's why it actually there actually is a benefit to hunting them. Other than that, you also can get good uh, meat that it, that tastes good and is also not uh, full of uh, uh, whatever but you call them, hormones venison. and whatnot. Yeah, but, you know, the thing they put in cows and whatnot. Uh, you know. Yeah, well, I would just say if you ever come across running into a deer, I think especially at night, that's why you should drive slower. Because if you drive slower, then you well. can watch out for the deer. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, well, we appreciate that. I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> this is a scary mo- moment. I told my car, you know, I mean, run into a deer is a life moment. I'm you know? going to at least drive the speed limit at night, at the daytime, whatever. I'm just telling and, you, be careful in the Midwest. Well, they got wild animals out yeah, there. Yeah, I mean, I'm always going to try to be careful. I thought two deer I mean? in one night. You bet I was bound to hit one of them. Well, when I turned around to come back, I saw a deer right on the side of the interstate. They're out there. They're moving. They certainly are. They're moving. There. It's a it's a cold, it's an early cold winter. All right. So, all right. All right. So, where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they've been. Where we're going. Where we've been. And where, Hannah, where have you been? This, Where were you at? So I was uh, in Iowa all week. I went to Iowa for a show in a casino in Dubuque, Iowa. And I went to Cedar Rapids uh, Penguins Comedy Club. And I was up there all week and I was doing shows with Jimmy Pardo. And you guys had a great time. I had a great time. Uh, I had a really good time. I sold a lot of merch. Jimmy really pushed my merch, which I really appreciate. It's always great when people do that. Yeah. And his crowds are always really fun and sweet. And he he is too, so we had a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's always great when the headliner that you're working with doesn't sell merch and just pushes your merch. Well, he sold an album, but, okay. you know, it was cool. When I, I, I worked with uh, Carl LeBeau one time in St. Charles, Illinois at the Zanies, and he pushed my CD. He had no merch, and he pushed my CD, and I sold 50 CDs that night, which is great. I That's mean, it's awesome. incredible. I sold 50 in one night, which is pretty incredible. Carl LeBeau, great guy. 
And he was uh, friends with Sam Kinison, right? He was, yeah. yeah. I I didn't know anything about that, and I didn't know who he was previous to that. But very nice guy, funny. I think he watched on him die, honestly, and off stage. I think so. There's yeah. a lot of he's got a lot of stories. Yeah. Carl above. Sorry, I was just thinking like that because of the deer accident. Yeah. Anyway, but then uh, so I was in um, uh, the Ju- uh, Peoria, Illinois, at the jukebox all weekend. It's a great time. I, I really enjoyed it. I like I like that club. I like the people that came. That a lot of people came and that that had uh, uh, seen me on various things. And then um, um, uh, old friend uh, that I used to work with at Hyman's, who now lives back in his hometown of Springfield, Illinois, came up and saw the show. I used to work with him at Hyman's uh, years ago, named Marshall. I haven't seen him in years and years. And I, my first night, uh, there was not a lot of people. Thursdays. Uh, uh, there wasn't not a lot, and I he was in the front row, and I took the stage, looked down, and I was like, "Whoa, I know you!" And his name didn't come to me right away, but I definitely uh, remember hanging with him. We used to drink together. It's when I lived on Folly Beach, so it was early into living in Charleston. I remember one time he, there was these signs on Folly. They used to always say, "Slow down, relax. It's Folly Beach," you know. And he stole one of those signs from my neighbor, and I made him put it back. Oh, Dusty. And uh, only because it was my neighbor. But I was like, nah, you got to take that back. Hmm. I can't be dealing with my neighbor being like, someone stole my sign. And plus, I like seeing the sign. Yeah. And uh, you're a good member of the community. Yeah. And uh, so we enjoyed it. And uh, it was fun to see him. And then this slaughterhouse next to the jukebox caught on fire the first night. It was just, I mean, it was huge fire uh, just going outside. And it was snowing at the same time. Very bizarre. But I had a good time there. Great weekend. Like the club. I uh, did some TV, did some radio stuff. It was a good time. We mm-hmm. had a good time. Mm-hmm. And then I, um, where are you going this weekend? This weekend I'm going to Crackers in Indianapolis. Love that club. Love Indianapolis. Yeah. I always have a good time there. Yeah. I haven't been in a while, but I'm having a, I, I like going. And I'm going to the Tempe uh, Improv in Tempe, Arizona to open for comedian Bob Marley. So we're going to have a great time. This has been booked for a while, and I'm excited to go. I was at Stand Up Live in Phoenix a couple of years ago. It's going to be so warm in Arizona. I I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. It's cold around here. Dang, it is. All right, so that. And then let's talk about uh, uh, some food that we had. Oh, you know what? A couple of people came to see me in Peoria that had been to my shows in Decatur, Illinois, at the main hangar. Uh, oh, I, used, I remember them. They're fun. Yeah, you, they closed. The restaurant closed. It was in an airport indicator, and it was very fun. I like the guy who ran it. Uh, he made fun of me. Like the last time Aaron went with me, and he featured Aaron Weber, and he we went out for pizza, and he made fun of me because I wanted to get pizza without pepperoni and sausage. Like it, <laughs> like old school, like we're in the locker room, kind of making fun of me. And uh, it was a good time. <laughs> but I just, I'm, you know, I'm not trying to eat a bunch of pepperonis. Yeah. Sometimes it's nice when a guy busts your balls, though. I love it, you know? I yeah. don't want too much of it. I'm like, all right, let's take it easy. I want a little bit. Yeah, I like it a little bit. It's a mm-hmm. good time. Yeah, bust your balls. Yeah. That's and a fun it, saying to say. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, all right, so food on the road. I said food on the road. Food on the road. We had a place, Portillo's. We went to. I went there a couple of times with Connor. Sorry. I went there a couple of times with Connor, and then I went there once with you. I went once with Connor, once with you. 
to have hot yeah, dogs. Yeah, so we went to Portillo's yeah. after you came back to drive me my keys back at Peoria. Yeah, and we had we had been one time, and you they had beef hot dogs. Yeah, and they're very good hot dogs. It was like a German sausage. Yeah, yeah, a beef like a beef hot dog, and then it had like a whole pickle, and then some peppers, but not spicy peppers, and then. I, I it was we, a place that really takes seriously making hot dogs. Yeah. And, and then, it was kind of fancy. Yeah. And it was packed. And when they call your name, they would always do a rhyme. They'd be like, number zero, you're my hero. You know? Number four, it's out the door. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> number five, look alive. Number 29, you're still mine. <laughs> it was really fun. It was fun. And uh, and we needed that fun after uh, you had to drive two hours back and get yeah, those keys. Yeah. And you know, I it's been so long since I've eaten a hot dog that I went there and I was like, man, that was good. I want to eat another hot dog. And then the second trip was just enough to be like, I don't want any more hot dogs for a while. Number 27, you're in heaven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and um so we got uh that was our food on the road. That was our food on the road. I don't I can't think of anything else. I ate it um um What's the, it's like a, a late night food place. Uh, it's like a, it's like a, diner. a, like a Denny's, but it's a different Perkins. Perkins. Yes. I went to Perkins a couple of times. I can't believe you went to Perkins. Why? I don't know. It just like, who goes to Perkins? Well, it was 24 hours in it right across from our hotel. It just seems like one of those restaurants that exist, but like, who's really going there? Well, people that want food late at night when there's no Waffle House around. Yeah. It just, it sounds so basic. Like, you know, it's not going to be very good. I just get eggs, hash browns, and toast. That's what I always get at places like that. Yeah. That's a good call. You can't really go wrong with eggs. Yeah. It's simple. It tastes pretty much the same everywhere you go. I'm into it. Cool. Perkins and Porta Lillo. Yeah. I can't think of any other. I don't, I don't think I really had any cool food experiences. I went to a Five Guys. And uh, they had the music. I went in there at 11 a.m., like right when they opened. The music was so loud. I mean, I don't mean to sound like an old person, but I was like, do we really need the music? Do we need to be blaring Elton John this loud in this Five Guys? You know what I mean? Mm. Like I'm trying to have a – trying to talk to my friend here. Yeah. And uh, I can't think of any other – interesting food i have i'm I'm trying to find some more localized places so that i can talk about it i almost went to a chick-fil-a but my google maps routed me to a mall and i was like i'm not going in the mall food court to get this chick-fil-a so i rode out i found a really cool market in um cedar rapids it's called the market it was in the uh I don't know, the Polish district. It's some hipster area in Cedar Rapids, but it's this really cool market that had all these different uh, food spots inside of it. And then they sold gourds and candles and coffee and beer. And it was just this like cool area. And then outside there was this, well, there was this popcorn store. You remember I had that popcorn? Oh, you had that that popcorn was good. Yeah. I bought bought some popcorn from uh, the the almost famous popcorn show uh, uh, store. Wow. Yeah, so I, I found some spots. Yeah. You know, I'd cruised around a little bit. Yeah. Well, I still had my car. Just mainly cold. Now, you, now your car's totaled. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we went to a place today here in Nashville, the Cheese Creamery, the Cream Cheesery. Cr- cheese Grillery. <laughs> cheese Grillery. Or, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to badmouth it, but. Yeah. It was, it was not as, I mean, you know, it was, uh, I don't know. I think. 
I just think making a. Uh, I think everybody should just make their own grilled cheese because that's when you can really yeah. get it to how you want it. I still think the best tasting grilled cheese. I don't eat it anymore because it, it just feels it's. This is what I used to do as a kid. I would take that tub of margarine. You know what I mean? That plastic tub of margarine that you could use for Tupperware when it's done. Uh-huh. And I would scoop that out and I would put that in the pan and let that melt. And then I would put a piece of I would put uh, this sandwich that I had made. Two pieces of white bread over with a, a piece of American cheese, maybe two slices of American cheese in between. Put that down on top. Let that margarine soak into that one piece of bread. Flip it real quick. Soak up the rest and then really flatten it out, really flatten it down and let all that. And then that that's the best grilled cheese. Get yeah, it, that's get your it, own personal. Yeah. Get it a little charred. It's my bet. It's my favorite, but that cheese is no good for you. That bread is no good for you. That margarine is no good for you. So, yeah. what are you even doing if you're well, eating? Well, it's a that? snack. You don't have to eat it every day, but treat yourself. That sounds delicious. It does sound. I kind of want to go to the grocery store and get that after. Mm, okay. Maybe we try that. I'm into that. All right. You'll have to drive though. Yeah, because you ain't got no car right now. Mm-hmm. And my car needs struts. I got. I got. You can hear like when I hit a bump. You can hear like in my car. That it sounds like plastic is breaking every time. It's like, but I don't right. care. I'm not. I'm, we got some good stuff going on though. Uh, yeah. Great Scott. All right. So this is uh, made an announcement today, or whenever whenever this podcast comes out, I made an announcement on Wednesday because in. Uh, uh, website deadline.com they made an announcement that i had sold a tv show to uh, abc it's very exciting i've known about it for a little while uh but yeah i mean it's still uh, still something that's in the works it's not uh you know it's not going to be airing tomorrow and yeah. uh so who knows uh it's just in process but it's been very exciting uh it's been very cool to go out to la and talk to people and and my management has been great, and my agents have been great, and they've really been uh, able to, uh, you know, help me through this process. And it feels fun, feels exciting to tell my story to people, and they think that it's funny and entertaining. And uh, yeah, it just feels good to do this process. No matter what happens, I'm excited to be in the process. Yeah, and I'm so excited for you. And uh, yeah, I just think uh, you've had such an incredible year. You know, you've been on. The Tonight Show and Jimmy Kimmel and Just for Laughs. And now um, you're working with ABC and I'm just, it's just pretty fun to watch it firsthand. You know, this awesome year you've had. Yeah. I mean, it's good. And that's why, you know, that's why, you know, actually it sounds bad, but I mean, like so many good things have happened that it's like, I don't know, I'm excited, but I'm just, um, I'm just taking it in, you know I mean? Because I'm just, I just feel grateful. And uh, so I'm not. I'm not getting overly excited. I'm just trying to keep myself, uh, you know, uh, at a place where I'm like, what do you say? Uh, manage my expectations. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's a good thing about, you know, being in your thirties after you've already kind of had some time as an adult and to have adult experiences, you learn, you know, how life works, you know? So, I mean, it's like, I always, I always say to everyone, but, uh, you know, I got a lot of friends that still do this job that I'm going to talk about. So no disrespect, but the job wasn't for me. So I always just am thankful that I'm not selling pesticides, uh, to retail stores anymore. I did that for a while. I grew to hate it 
And I never want to do it again. And uh, I am just excited to not be doing that. Yeah. And comedy has been the great thing to get me out of that. And I feel very good. As you should. Yeah. So it's exciting. Uh, I wish that I really had more information. I don't have a ton of information to because say. Because it's kind of hard like to talk about something that is just like work. Yeah. It's just in, in process, but, yeah. it, but it has been very fun. I got, but when it gets announced on deadline, it feels yeah. so official. And then it sort of feels like, well, uh, yeah. everybody knows now. I've been working with a guy, Chad, that works at ABC. His, his name is in the in the thing too. And, uh, it's great. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, my managers, uh, Alex and Judy and, uh, they've been great. Yeah. So, so it's been very fun. Yeah. It's making me want to like study sitcoms and stuff. Well, we've been watching a lot. We've yeah. been watching a lot of sitcoms. We've been watching older TV shows and Andy Griffith and everybody loves Raymond and, and, and King of Queens. And I actually last night, this is not a TV show, but last night we watched the movie back to school, uh, with Rodney Dangerfield. And I had watched that recently, but uh, Hannah had never seen it all the way through, so we watched it again last night. So funny. Yeah, Rodney Dangerfield is just like, if you never listen to his stand-up, just go check it out. His he, face is so funny, too, when he delivers yeah. lines. I mean... I mean, he's just one right after another, just bang, bang, yeah. bang. He just nails it, and uh, it's very funny. Yeah. Caddyshack 1 is very funny. We tried to watch Caddyshack 2 last night. Oh, gosh. But we did watch Mr. Mom. We watched Mr. Mom with... Uh, <laughs> now we're just talking about Michael our relationship. Keaton. But that's our life. And then Hannah has been listening to uh, this country. Oh, yeah. Now let's talk about this new... This is another ep- This is another segment. If we're going to talk about music. I don't think we have a, a bumper sound for music. Okay. Well, here's the bumper. Music with Hannah and Dusty. They're talking about music. Okay. That's the bumper. I love it. Okay. All right. So yeah, I've, I, as I covered in a previous episode, I'm into country music now. I live in the South. I've been here for two years. It was bound to happen. And I'm full in now. I'm committed. I'm listening to the Judds whenever I can. Um, get really into a lady named Dottie West. Dottie West had a really incredible song called uh, Lesson in Leaving. Somebody's gonna, gonna give you a lesson and leave, and somebody's gonna take you back away. I don't know the words to it. I know you were not around. Mm. Knock you down. down. You're, You're a foolhardy man. man. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, that's it. So yeah, I'm into Dottie West. She, uh, she, you know, she was just a country singer. She's just out there. Now the thing I noticed a lot about. Um, Female country singers, because because the thing is, is I've been subjected to country for the past three years with Dusty, but he mostly listens to men. He mostly m- listens to male country singers, and you know, you would admit that's true. Um, so it's I've always been always easier to sing along with a for me to sing along with a with a man who's lost his love of a woman than it is for me to sing from a from a female uh, voice uh, of loving a man. Well, here's what you I'll what say. I mean? Here's what I'll say because now that I'm starting to investigate female country Unless singers, you're Shania Twain. <laughs> no, but I'm not going to let me say this. So now that I'm listening to uh, female country singers, I notice that a lot of them just sing about how a man's done or wrong. A Mm. lot of the female country singers sing about that. So I feel like maybe that's why there isn't such a crossover for men listening to women country singers. Cause even as a woman I'm listening to, I'm like, Oh, like he hurt you. And 
you know, that like your love has left you again and you're just a honky tonk girl now. And like, it's just like for several decades, like even if you just listen to a whole album that someone would have songs like that. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my issues with female country singers. But then you get some really crafty singers. Um, the duets with Kenny Rogers and Dottie West are pretty, pretty tight. Yeah. I mean, but the Judds are great. The Judds are and um uh Tammy Wynette, she's got a song called Divorce. Yeah. It's really funny. D I V O R C E. And yeah. she spells it out as she sings it, and it's yeah, pretty fun. It. It's fun. Time. It's a fun one. And so yeah, I've gotten really into these singers and I'm just kind of studying their storytelling and I have to get over when it's just like the same theme of like, you know, some strung out lady. But you know, they were women from a different time, so maybe that's all they knew to sing about or were allowed to sing about, you know? Because they were either they were either wives back then or, you know, like ladies of the night. Yeah. So. I've been listening to Michael Martin Murphy, uh, Wildfire. Ooh. And I've been using that as my intro song to in comedy. <laughs> Just I started at three minutes and 15 seconds into the song where he says, we'll be riding wildfire. You know what I mean? I can't believe that's your intro song, Dusty. That's uh, so funny. It's been great. It's been really. That's something. such a ballad. It's, I know. I started at the heart <laughs> of the ballad too, at the, when it's the hardest. You know what I mean? When he's belting it out. Uh, we'll be riding. You know, I wish we'll I could sing. Wildfire. Yeah, it's so great. We'll That's how that song goes. Yeah, no, I'm just listening to you. I'm just really taking it in. Yeah, that's a good one. Really man. I want to listen to that song right now. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's a hot song, Wildfire. Mm. Mm. That's great, Dusty. I didn't know you were using that song as an intro. Yeah, I just I did it once at Zany's last week, and then during uh, Brian Bates' show, and then I did uh, it all weekend in Peoria, and really sets a tone. Because mm. I just stand up there while Wildfire's going, and I'm just waving. <laughs> <laughs> You're wearing your little hat and your long hair and your yeah. beard. What are you up there? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> You're such a character. Who knows what's happened? <laughs> You've created the the monster, the Frankenstein Dusty Slay monster. Yeah. Well, I felt like I re- we really ran through uh, the podcast, you know, try to really keep it going yeah. to uh, to to fit everything in. But it feels like that we've we've talked about. We've it got now. a story though. Story time with Dusty and Hannah. We do have a story. My friend Dale J. Gordon, um, he is, uh, I believe he grew up in a trailer park in New Jersey. So trailer park guy, but a little different perspective than than my own. But this story uh, could very easily be anyone I grew up around. Now, we uh, have been sharing stories the last few episodes. People are writing into us about horror stories on the road, doing comedy, um, and just different experiences people have out on the road. So um, we do encourage you guys to email us a story. Let us know about some weird thing that um, you've experienced or, you know, if we talk about something that reminds you of something. Yeah, it, it originally started uh, by trying to write stories of people, you know, on the road. Uh, did you already say that? 
Uh, kind of. I don't know. But I, I, I zoned out. I was reading this thing. But yeah, it started out for stories on the road. But now it's kind of like we're open to whatever. If the story's fun and interesting, I'm into reading it. It gives us some, you know, gives us some content, but also gets a, a, a platform to share uh, what you're writing. Yeah, we have a story this week that, you know, is really relatable to Dusty, um, I think, uh, kind of. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I don't know this specifically, but I can. This entire story, I can just envision my own trailer park and my own trailer and go, yeah, I can visualize all of this. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, in a trailer, you know, a lot of people envision a trailer as like an RV where you can just hook it to the truck and just take off at any time. But that's not the case. I mean, these trailers can be moved, but there's a process to moving them. But they'll just sit there and you can see the wheels and you can see the everything exposed underneath unless you put some tin or some lattice work around it. And so a lot of times trailers are just completely exposed. I mean, I know our trailer, sometimes cats would get under there and have their have their uh, kittens and dogs would have puppies under there. And, you know, it would just if they could get under there, they would. They would get under there to, to escape bad weather. Sounds like a real safe haven to me. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then you'd have a lot of – sometimes you'd have a porch, uh, but but most times you would just have some steps. Like I remember for a long time we had like these two concrete steps that were put together. I don't know where we got them, but it was a mold of two concrete steps, and then we had those stacked on top of some cement blocks to make three steps to get up to the trailer. And then later we got some porches on there. Um, but, you know, so it's like, uh, I don't know. I'm just trying to give a little description. I liked it. Yeah, no, I led you into that. I said you would relate to it. Yeah. You went into uh, your experience in a trailer park. So this is written by Dale. He writes He writes well, and uh, sometimes I read well. But uh, we're going to try. Um, you know, reading out loud is not really my – it's never a thing that I aspired to do was read out loud. But talking, you're good at Talking, I'm fine, you know, but I would never do well with a teleprompter, you know what I mean? Like in uh, – when I did the the Tonight Show, they asked me would I want cue cards. And part of me wanted to be like, yeah, I'd love some cue cards that would remind me where my jokes are at. But then I was like, I never have cue cards. Do I want cue cards right now to be reading off of? So I, I said no. But anyway, all right, here it is. Dale J. Gordon's story. Uncle Gary's road sodas and my missing piece of meat. I had an Uncle Gary, an alcoholic, not my blood uncle. He was my mom's sister's Aunt Joyce's husband. I had always heard that Aunt Joyce cried at her wedding because she knew how bad his drinking was even back then. But she got pregnant, and they got married. He had red hair, freckles, and wore an old army jacket. His skin was sore pink color from sunburn and booze, I suppose. He was a father of my two younger cousins, so I was invited to spend the day at their little trailer just to see them. My first visit over there, I must have been like six or seven years old. I found out that Uncle Gary always had a few 30 packs of Budweiser in the trailer and usually kept one underneath it, easily accessible and out of Aunt Joyce's sight. He needed the beer to be really warm so it would go down easier and faster. The carbonated booze had already eroded his throat lining pretty badly. I did always notice at holidays that he would sit at a little table, 
off from everyone else with a box of beer in front of him, drinking one can after another, chiming into the conversations at the kitchen table. I used to think Uncle Gary was rich because he always was driving a new car to Grandma's house, which was before I had visited their home and saw that it sat a few feet from his father's used car lot. Uncle Gary could wake up and pick any car he wanted and take it out for the day. Sometimes he was just taking them out for a test drive for his father. One evening, us kids got hungry and nagged Uncle Gary to take us for some fast food. We followed him out to the car and he let us pick the car. A navy blue 1984 Buick Century. We all hopped in and were really excited to be riding in such a new car. As my cousins were eagerly examining the upholstery of the car, I watched as Uncle Gary kept one hand on the wheel while popping the tab on one of his cans of beer he had stuffed into each one of his two front pockets of his army coat. He carefully inserted a straw, tilted his head sideways just a bit, and was sucking down some beer and keeping his eye on the road. My little cousins were used to seeing it, I suppose, because they just started talking about where we were going while Uncle Gary kept a 10-minute dialogue rolling and managed to kill the left pocket beer just as we parked. In the restaurant, Uncle Gary nervously waited as we ate our food. He fidgeted, bit his nails, rubbed and scratched his neck, and seemed to glow increasingly red with impatience. It was starting to get dark as we pulled out of the parking lot. The right pocket beer went... Uncle Gary's eyes were glued to the rearview mirror as he reversed one-handed. I could hear the shrill of the sound of a plastic straw surfing the inner edge of the aluminum can mouth opening. He tilted his head to the right for a fast sip. Ah, he deflated. The second beer must have been gone as we pulled back into the car lot because as soon as he killed the headlights, he was out the door and power walking towards the trailer for a fresh can. And we were just getting our seatbelts off. My cousins and I followed Uncle Gary to the trailer door, expecting him to have it open by the time we got there. It was getting hard to see, but I could make out that he was under the trailer rummaging around for his box of beer. He had one already open and was gulping it and carrying the nearly empty beer box with just his thumb while fumbling for the door keys. A dirty yellow light spilled out from within the trailer for us to see our shoes and climb the steps. Uncle Gary furiously shook the door back and forth, trying to get the damn sticky key out of the lock. My cousins and I ran in and started to goof around. Brian, go let Sparky in, Uncle Gary yelled to my oldest cousin. I followed Brian out to the back door onto a little patio they had just recently built. And my cousin went to unchain their dog that I hadn't even seen yet somehow. I heard the sound of the chain hitting concrete, faint galloping, and an ever-increasing growl. The white teeth seemed to glow in the dark. A huge, angry dog is charging at me. Instantly, he bites my legs and shakes me violently back and forth. He let go of my leg for a second, went for my face. I swatted at him, and back at the right leg he went. I was screaming bloody murder by now. My younger cousin stood helplessly yelling, Daddy, Daddy, help him. Uncle Gary leapt from the back trailer door to my rescue. He smacked Sparky on the top of the head three times. I felt every vibration 
through his teeth straight into my bones before he finally let go. All right, all right, you're all right. Hold still and let me see, Uncle Gary said, walking me towards some light that dropped from the kitchen window. Inspecting my leg, I saw the most blood that I had ever seen spilled out of my body up until that point. Uncle Gary wiped my leg off several times to see the depth of the damage. On my inner right calf, there was a 22 caliber sized hole from a single canine puncture. He continued to swipe the ever gushing blood off, uh, off which revealed a chunk of my leg's inner flesh still attached, resembling a wad of chewed gum. Hold on a second, he said, as his jittery hands, he seemed to try to cup it just right as though he were catching a toad with his thumb and forefinger. He ripped it off, made sure that it was all there and in his blood-covered palm, and he flung it into the blackness of the backyard. It was a painless procedure, but I recall thinking, hey, that's a piece of my body. Can I at least look at it before you just throw it away? I was really shook up. But still, I never cried. I carefully eyed Sparky as my cousins double-chained him this time, back to his pole a few minutes later. When my father came to pick me up that night, he listened to the story from me, my cousins, and Uncle Gary. Though he was concerned, he seemed unsurprised and unalarmed. Dogs are dogs, and animals are wild and unpredictable, no matter how tame they may seem. My father and Uncle Gary wisely agreed. I inquired several times about my piece of leg out in the yard. Do you have a flashlight? Can we just go looking around in the morning? No one seemed interested. Exhausted from the episode, they were just content that I wasn't hurt any worse and urged me to just forget about it. Unceremoniously flung into the black backyard of time. Uncle Gary didn't live much past 40 years old. He taught me some guitar chords later when I was a teenager. I still think of him when I play a G minor to this day. I always remember enjoying the company in my early adult life, though we did completely lose touch eventually. I'm not sure if he ever put down the drink for any length of time. Not sure that it matters. He was a good father, a hero to my rescue, a rich man who drove a different car every day, an emergency surgeon, and my Uncle Gary. Not my blood uncle, but my mom's sister, Aunt Joyce's husband. Dale J. Gordon. That was great. What a story about Uncle Gary. Yeah, that's pretty wild, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty wild. Yeah, it's terrifying to think that you little kid get attacked by a dog. I know. I mean, I've been bit by a dog. Never like that. But, I mean, dogs. And that's funny to hear that it was chained up. I mean, when people hear now that a dog is chained to a tree or chained up, like, the way they look is just, like, so surprised. And, and I don't think it's good. I don't think that we should chain our dogs to trees. But there was a time where that's just what people were doing. You know, I mean, they were just chaining dogs to trees. I mean, well, maybe that's why I growled at them. Yeah, it makes, them. they say it makes them meaner for sure to be chained. And it's like, I'm not saying it's good, but I, I just, I just not, I'm not surprised to hear a story like that. I mean, you know, I mean, this was probably the late 80s, early 90s. And I mean, that, that was going on back then. Yeah, but that was a great story. Thanks for sending that in, Dale. Yeah, Dale's great. Dale's got some music out there. Uh, I really enjoy him. Dale J. Gordon is his name. Check him out. Uh, he's got some fun songs. I wish I should have brought the name of his album over here uh, when I when I started to tell that story. Uh, I'll try to pull that up now if I can, but I don't know if I'll be able to. 
It's the Pulling Up Dale's Info segment. Pulling Up Dale's Info. We are looking for Dale's Info in the email. And we're still looking for the Well, Dale email. J. Gordon can be found, uh, you know, on any of the music sites. Um, I don't see his uh, his album right here. But anyway, check it out. Dale's great. All right. He used to work at the Whole Foods, and he would uh, he would give me... Uh, Some good guac. Give me great guacamole. Guacamole yeah. hasn't been the same since then. I used to walk into Whole Foods, and Dale was working. He's like, you want some guacamole? And I'd be like, yes, I do. And, uh, <laughs> now he doesn't work yes, there. Yes, I do. His girlfriend still works over at the vitamin shop, but yeah. doesn't work the same over there. You can't just give away vitamins. Although, I wish you could. You know what I mean? That'd be a beautiful life. Maybe you can. Me and her just aren't as good as friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but Dale really helped uh, pass out my CD, uh, Making That Fudge. Uh, back in the day, he was a real big fan of it, and I, I, he bought a lot of copies from me to to give to other people, and I appreciate him for that. So, do check him out. But yeah, I mean, I can relate to that story a lot. I enjoy it. Um, and uh, like I say, Hannah will be at Crackers Comedy Club this weekend with another comic here from Nashville. She's going to take Courtney Warner up. Courtney Warner is going to host the weekend. Hannah's going to feature. It's going to be a great time. It's a fun club. Uh, I'm going to be in Tempe, Arizona at the Tempe Improv. And if you're out there, uh, come see that show because it's going to be fun. I'm excited. Comedian Bob Marley is someone that I used to listen to on satellite radio all the time. And I always thought he was so funny. And I never seen him live. I'm pumped to work with him. Uh, and so I'm pumped to be back in Arizona. And uh, you're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. Send me your stories if you'd like me to read them. And uh, and that's about it. I feel good about uh, about life. And uh, if you're a car salesman listening to this and you got the scoop on a car, send it to me. Mm-hmm. I'm interested. I'm interested in Hondas, Toyotas, Volvos, things like that. Some sort of four-door sedan. I'm, yeah, I'm looking for a sedan, something that I could potentially sleep in if I need to on the road. <laughs> but also um, something that uh, gets good gas mileage and that I don't need it to be too sporty, but I don't want to look like... Uh, I don't know. I don't want to look bad in a car. You're not looking for a beetle, right? A bug. Yeah, I'm not looking. Not that beetles are bad. If you're if you're uh, if you're into that, I am not though. I'm not into the beetle. There was a time, but I'm not now. Hi, Dusty. And check out my website, DustySlay.com, to see all my updated shows. I got some exciting stuff coming out. I am doing some shows with Burt Kreischer next year, uh, so that that those dates will be up soon. That's official, so it's out. I'm doing a few dates with him. It's very exciting. So, uh, but I don't have those updated on my website yet. And I have a show November 21st at Zany's. November 21st, um, uh, I have a show uh, November 21st. That's next Wednesday uh, at Zany's. Hannah's going to be on the show. And then another comic in town, Benton Ray, is going to be on the show. It's going to be hot. I'm going to do a full set. Uh, and then and then it, it's just going to be great. Hannah's going to be on it. It's going to be a fun show. Come there, Zany's. Uh, Wednesday, November 21st at 7 p.m. Go to my website, DustyDitSlay.com or Zany's Nashville for tickets. Buy tickets. Get them. And uh, that's it. Thank you very much. We're having a good time.